Welcome to Shear Jashub, a Bible study program brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. This is Patty Scalzo, and in today's program, my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, will be continuing the study on heavenly authority in the book of Judges. So let's rejoin Pastor Greg where we left off last time in the Sunday Sermon. I'm going to go back to Judges chapter 2. So we read verse 15, As the Lord said, as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were greatly distressed. Then it says, and here you see the mercy of God. We've spoken about God's justice, how he hates unrighteousness, but it says in verse 16, nevertheless, nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges. And notice the expression. He raised up these judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them. So they were deliverers. And that word there can also be translated, they were saviors. They saved or delivered them from the situation. And so he's showing his justice. And he's saying, look, you forsook me. And he lets them be submissive under these people whose gods they're worshiping. Nevertheless, when he sees them in trouble and he sees them distressed, he has mercy and he raises up judges who would deliver them. And you see again the type of these judges as a shadow or illustration of what Jesus would do, how he delivers us from the hands of our enemy, the devil. Verse 17, yet, yet, even after he raises up the judges to deliver them, yet they would not listen to their judges, but they played the harlot. There's a rush to sin. There's almost like they have to sin. They love to sin. They get in trouble, they cry to God, God delivers them, yet they would not listen to the judges, but they play the harlot with other gods, and they bow down to them. They turned quickly from the way in which their fathers walked, and obeying the commandments of the Lord, they did not do so. They turned quickly from the way in which their fathers walked. Their fathers obeyed, but what does the scripture say? They did not do so. And that should sound familiar to us in the United States. How fast our society is going away from those things the fathers believed in. If you could raise up today the fathers of this country, and even the fathers going back 50 or 100 years, and you would show them some of the things today, certainly many of them would say, this generation is playing the harlot. And they would be surprised how quickly this country has gone away from the God who has blessed it. There's nothing new under the sun. You see it happening, and it can be done in one generation. One generation. If you compare 2000 to 1950 or 1940, what a tremendous difference. What a revolution. There have been some countries that have had bloody revolutions, and the change is not as dramatic as a change in this country, nice and quiet and calm, over a 50-year period. Quickly, they turned from the way in which their fathers walked. Verse 18, And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity 
by the groaning because of those who oppress them and harass them. So he sees their difficulty. He's moved to pity. He delivers them out of the hand of the enemy by this judge he would raise up. And, verse 19, it came to pass when the judge was dead that they reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers by following other gods to serve them and bow down to them. They did not cease from their own doings nor from their stubborn way. They cry out to God, oh now we're oppressed by the enemy. They turn back to Yahweh and God raises up the judge. The judge delivers them. There's victory during the time period of the judge's life. The judge dies and they revert and they become more corrupt than the ones that were before them. And they worship even more gods. The sin gets worse and worse and worse. The problem gets worse you know, you only can keep someone right so long if they don't want to be right. And this is something we have to understand as Christians. You know, there are Christian, Christian, Christians. You know, those that really are born again Christians, they love the Lord with all their heart. They want to do His will. Yes, we all sin, we all stumble. But people that are really desiring to do God's will and to do what's right. And then there's always the periphery. Because what do we do? We try to pull in as many as we can pull in, right? And some want to come in, and some you are always trying to keep them. And they have the taste of Christianity. They have their foot in the water, but they won't go all the way in and be immersed. And you're trying to, to keep them faithful and dependent upon God. And yet, if there's not a like conversion, if the person truly doesn't change and doesn't go all the way, what's going to happen when you're gone? When we go, that person who we're just keeping into the kingdom by, you know, beseeching them, preaching to them, praying with them, trying, and they're a Christian, unless they themselves come, that judge was only alive so long. Once he's dead, they go back, they revert. He's not there anymore. So I think it might be better rather than always trying to uh, entice them to stay in the Lord, in the Word, to confront. Because if we don't confront and say, look, you have to go all the way, the little response you get, if it's a response because of you, if it's a response because of the judge, once the judge is gone, they're going to go right back to what they were doing. Because it's based on you, it's not based on a sincere conversion by them. These people got the deliverance they wanted, but they didn't want to be changed inside. So as long as the judge was there and everything was going okay, great. Once he dies, right back to the gods, and not only right back, but more so. What does Jesus say? A dog returns to its vomit. Or a house, the house that's swept clean, the demon comes back seven times stronger. They bring in more gods to worship. There's a time for confrontation to say, look, this is the way I can't bring you into heaven. You have to change yourself. It's no good to get a half-hearted confession because when the judge is dead, they revert right back and behave more corruptly 
than before. They did not cease from their doings, their own doings. Their own, everyone has their own things they want to do. And the things they want to do on their own, God interferes with that. And they don't want it. They did not cease from their own doings, nor from their stubborn ways, stubbornness. Stubbornness blocks the person from true repentance and coming to God. And they may like some of the things of God. A stubborn person might appreciate when God delivers them out of trials. But that's not enough. The stubbornness has to be broken and the person become repentant. Otherwise, once the delivering is done and that's over, down the road, they'll revert. And it gets worse and worse and worse. The end result of this the conquest of Canaan would not be complete. Uh, in verse 20, then the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he said, because the nation has transgressed my covenant which I commanded their fathers, and has not heeded my voice, because they've done this, I also will no longer drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died. So that through them, through these nations, I may test Israel whether they will keep the ways of the Lord to walk in them as their fathers kept them or not. So rather than giving them the complete victory, he leaves these people in there, the Philistines and the others, and they're going to be a constant source of trouble for them because they wouldn't do what's right. So the judges delivered, or if you have an NIV, save them as God would raise up one after the other from these people. And they tried to keep the nation from idolatry. And they would lead the people into battle against the power of those who plundered them. And as they were chosen, they were called by God, and they were called irrespective of tribal lineage. They were from different tribes in Israel. It was as though the Spirit of God searched the land and anointed or came upon certain individuals to do the work that had to be done. He would choose one here, and then later on he would choose one over there as God foreknew. And I said sometimes, you'll see when we read Judges 3.9, sometimes they were called deliverers, and they were called saviors. Uh, and while they had a role or, or a position similar to that of Joshua and Moses, a few of these judges did not always display the character of Joshua. Rather, you read the simply that the Spirit comes upon them. You remember in Numbers chapter 27, 18, how we read that Joshua was a man in whom, in whom was the Spirit. The Spirit of God was in his heart. He was a man of God. Well, a few of these judges, uh, we'll see it clearly with Samson, even when anointed, still they exhibit questionable character traits and moral shortcomings, yet the Spirit comes upon them, anointing them with power for Israel's deliverance. Uh, you think back to our study on Balaam and the man of God versus the prophet of God. Um, you have to remember also that the judges were men who lived in an age of very low standards, a period of apostasy as we just read, and it was as though the Mosaic Covenant was, was becoming partially in abeyance and the Lord would make these men in this very difficult time where the people were pretty bad. He would 
take them and use them as a channel for his power and for his revelation to the people, but not all of them were necessarily directly influenced in their heart or had their moral character changed. So it was not of the nature of the man of God in all the cases of judges as Moses and Joshua, some of them, but not with all of them. Some of them we're going to see they actually were quite characters, and yet God used them as a channel, someone he needed to touch to deliver the people. Uh, we'll stop there today. We'll, we'll look quickly at Othniel, or Othniel. Again, it's one of those names that uh, is pronounced two different ways, who's the first judge. And then you have Ehud and Shamgar, that's some name, Shamgar. Sounds, sounds like a powerful judge, Shamgar. But the, uh, one of the most interesting of the judges, and there's some detail about her, is Deborah, who's important to understanding the role of women in heavenly authority. We are so happy that you were able to join us for our study today. We love to hear from our listening audience. So if you have any comments or words of encouragement, please send them along to us. Also, may I ask you to prayerfully consider supporting our church's evangelical outreach. Please send all correspondence and donations to Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. We would also like to extend an invitation for you to join us for Sunday service if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area. Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us for our next broadcast of Sheer Jashub.